and welcome to Incoming Missile, a MechWarrior online podcast. This is your host, Captain Cat, with another in our Target Lock series, where we zero in on another member of the MechWarrior online community. This time we have Denier Walker of Russian Jade Falcon joining us, who's going to be talking to us about competitive play, the most recent patch changes, and his mechless resource, which we'll provide links to in the show notes. So without further ado, let's crack into it. Shutdown sequence overridden. So today we've got Denny Walker joining us. Den, how are you doing, mate? Hello, everyone. I'm doing fine. Yeah, you had a good day. Yeah, did. I, I almost literally wake up a few hours ago, so I'm fresh as hell and ready to talk. Sounds nice. Um, have you had a chance to watch any of the BFM games? Uh, a little bit. I'm not like very interested in it right now, like watching, casting and stuff. I just want to play a bit, uh, get uh, rid of uh, <laughs> old championship experience and keep living on. <laughs> get clean? Yes. <laughs> so you guys didn't have a game this week, is that right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, the way this mercenary co- company or they renamed themselves dropped, so we didn't have a game this week. We'll have on the next one. Yeah, uh, nice. You mentioned the World Championship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did how did that go for you guys? First of all, I'm very surprised we made it to top four this year. <laughs> if it had been, I mean, uh, more traditional world championship maybe it's more interesting to talk about this like what do you think we would have seen the meta be for you know standard rules it very depends on what do you mean by standard rules because if it was your usual uh two 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 then it I, I really don't know because, you know, to figure out the meta in comp play you usually need to play with other teams for, for a bit mm. This year, uh, UMA was almost all direct fire, while on US side you have seen a lot of LRMs. Uh, and you really can't just say what is going to be meta in competitive until you play according to the rules. Yeah, no, I can, I can see what you mean there. I mean, I, I guess if there was no restriction on usage of piranhas, for example, yeah, probably would have seen a lot of those. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure about piranhas because, like, mislinks are still very tanky compared to them, uh, mm. and have jump jets. So it would uh, mislinks against piranhas is a really tough matchup, actually. And if you have like streak bolts, uh, which like you be used to take on the previous world championship, it would just melt piranhas in like one salvo. Yeah. So big risk. Yeah, it's questionable. And mm. wolfhounds are still a huge powerhouses, to be fair. I wouldn't be surprised, like, if there wasn't, like, no tonnage restrictions, you would see just, like, two two wolf hounds. Mm. It, it's just, like, one of those moments. Uh, it, 
again, the PGI could have done something uh, adequate, like do the same tonnage and one mech uh, per like like everything same in terms of tonnage and mech restrictions, but without stocks. Uh, it would be a really great championship in that case. Mm. But yeah, we had what we had. <laughs> Do you think that, I mean, you know, th- there's still a few games to play out for the World Championship when it comes to MechCon. Do you think that there's still a little bit of potential for some surprises there with the choices that some people might make? I don't know. I really hope the guys will just will just do some dumb stuff over there because, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, JGX and Yon really don't want to show any sort of other strategies because they played like only two games. So I bet they will just try to play something fun, I hope. <laughs> can just say that uh, EMP had a really great deck on the Acoustic Valley because they took like the most meta mechs available because like uh, Laser Vomit combined with like LRMs is a very tough thing to get around. I was interested to see that they didn't really change their strategy after playing JGX. They sort of brought the same drop deck. No, no, no. They actually brought uh, Laser Vomit uh, Hunchback and uh, Annihilator uh, instead of like fuller and deck. Mm. So they can like uh, push a little bit earlier so they can defend better against other pushes. Mm. And we just, uh, to be fair, uh, we trained like once per week against Eon and that was pretty much it for us. Yeah. We didn't even play the game that much, so I'm completely fine with our first place in this championship. To be fair, <laughs> and as I was, and as I already said, we already planned out when we're gonna uh, meet up together and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice. So, what's your take on how you know? I think it's it's kind of clear in uh, uh, your opinion of um, the stock mode. It's horrible, yeah. <laughs> In case it wasn't clear, yeah. Uh, what's your take on how that's affected the competitive scene to have that um, set up? Actually, the most funniest thing about the stock mode, it showed uh, how wrong uh, like Russ thought about how it will work out. Because mm. he said that there will be a lot of uh, like uh, beer league teams. Mm-hmm. But there were almost none because stock mode is actually even harder to play around than the normal one. Yeah. Because you move so freaking slow. You have so, so low damage on most of the mechs that mm. uh, you just uh, have to be uh, very strategic in your approach. While beer league teams, you usually just uh, try to do a death ball and death balls uh, work when you have speed. You have no speed on this one. I mean, and we discussed in a, a previous um, Tiger Locks episode that, you know, even if there was some beer league teams there, they, they probably didn't have fun. Actually, yeah, they didn't have any fun because uh, they were still getting stomped by competent players because competent players, again, just put effort into the, this game to get actually good. What about how it affected the teams themselves, though? Like, what about how the stock mode sort of affected you know, teams' rosters and how many people actually put made an effort to play the World Championship this year and those kind of things? Well, for the most uh, teams in, like, upper top eight, it didn't affect much. Like, EMP, EON, us, we were, like, completely fine. 
even the Sen showed up uh, as far as I know, just because it's a stock mode for some reason. Uh, I can say for sure that uh, PHL had troubles due to stock. Uh, some other teams had troubles due to stock. It wasn't like uh, such a huge trouble. Actually, just a lot of com comp teams just already burnt out of the comp just by nature, not only by stocks. So I wouldn't say it affected it that much. So how do you think PGI could have done better this time? Like, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts on... I mean, let's, let's frame this a bit. So PGI has a kind of a unique position in that they are the people who make the game. So they can actually, compared to MRBC, they can make changes within the game to make their competition work the way they want it to work, right? Okay, so uh, as you see, uh, MRBC, BFM made the change that you can't cap two points, <laughs> actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't say it's that hard. <laughs> <laughs> With the stock mode, I mean, we saw PGI put changes into the live version of the game to sort of support that stock mode, but they can also, you know, they put the competitive sort of mode into the game where you you know you go in there and you search for another team to play against and all that kind of stuff the kind of things those are the kind of things that i mean that mrbc can't do and pgi yeah. can you know change the fundamental rules of the game to be fair the only thing i'm missing for that is uh, make uh, like let's say it so usually when you're in lobby you can see which drops enemies are at <laughs> And that's like the only thing that really right now limits the like your usual uh, like competitive uh, based on communities. Outside of that, I you can just make like almost anything. Of course, you can make like stuff like stock mode because well, actually, actually you can because there's like tick in the lobby. But remember. Uh, that uh, on the previous season of MRBC there was a big discussion about strikes and if they were if rules were to disable uh, strikes then teams will have to prove that they didn't launch the strike it did the other team yeah i remember the conversation well yeah but it's honestly there is no such major stuff like that to be changed so i don't see problems with that one we we had a little bit of a conversation within our unit of how actually one of the strengths of MRBC format, including BFM, is that you schedule your games with the enemy team for a certain day of the week and a certain time, which gives you time as a team to sort of plan, prep, train, all that stuff. Actually, about that, uh, I want to thank PJ for actually doing that part of a World Championship this year. Really great because... At the first, they wanted like uh, to play two or three games for each team in the first week, in the in, like the first weekend, and they announced it like a day before the, that had to happen. So we just came up, said uh, hello. We can't play two or three games in a row because we didn't prepare for the teams, and they made it really good. So that only like first round was played on that weekend, and then you. Teams were allowed to schedule during the week, and the end of the week was like the deadline for teams to play. If they haven't agreed, they'll have to play at a certain time of the, at the weekend, and it was like really great this year. Okay. So I would say that this World Championship wasn't like a huge mess, but it really wasn't a pleasant experience either. Yeah, I guess PGI have a sort of a... Um 
a responsibility to look after the esports um, side of the game and make sure that is yeah and stop banning <laughs> and stop banning memes into each um, <laughs> and make sure that's healthy and um that the people you know organizing the esports side are uh, um supported and getting what they need how do you feel like they're doing outside of world championship how do you feel like they do with supporting other tournaments and any thoughts on how they might do better uh it's say I don't know about like their connections with MRBC in terms of like uh, prize givings, but uh, they're not r- really bad in terms of giving out prize- free prizes to like community-based leagues and stuff. Personally, I I asked Tina if it, if uh, they'll be able to instead of like direct ejecting M- MCs uh, for this World Championship in our accounts to give out as codes. So we could like promote our clan and uh, probably organize some sort of community-based tournament with uh, those MCs from the World Championship. She said that, yeah, it's possible. So we'll probably do that. So I'd like to talk about um, Battle for Midway as well, if we can, because um, that is the sort of the most current look. Like you said, we to establish what the current meta of the game is, you need to play other teams that are on a competitive level and sort of get, get a gauge of what is yeah. strong against. Yeah. And unfortunately you guys haven't um, played a game at the time of this recording, but um, you know, one thing I can say, we, we had our first match today and I would say, you know, three annihilators is just an obvious choice today. On the last drop you mean? Yeah. Um, we took it on the last drop, but you know, if you can squeeze it in somewhere else, I guess you can maybe make it work. If you don't take three annihilators somewhere through, you probably, you know, need to have another look. Yeah, the thing I really wanted to try out against like uh, annihilators is uh, three supernovas, awesome Niger, and Delsnar Commando. Oh, yes. <laughs> that doesn't sound like much fun to me. To be the to be the annihilators. Yeah, getting rained on. I, I was also like putting like three annihilators. Then I thought, how much LRMs we can fit in this tonnage? <laughs> And it's uh, 260. Nope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want maybe, to, to... Maybe Fafnius? ECM uh, Fafnius? Probably. Uh, but yeah, just keep in mind that this can happen with you at some point. <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was building up to, was that today, you know, I'm, for me it's Sunday right now, today the Annihilator is an obvious choice. Come Tuesday... You know, when the new patch comes out and the Annihilator loses a third of its armor quirk or two thirds of its armor quirks. You probably will just take the one A Annihilator because it's almost the same. Just have to place one uh, cannon into arm instead of torso. And it doesn't lose all its armor? Yes. Ah, nice. Annihilator still will be strong even like the two A. Not as strong, of course. So you want to talk a bit about uh, the upcoming balance changes? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have these balance changes. Um, for you and I, we're sort of mid-season or just started a season of BFM, so we're going to have to adapt very quickly to these changes. It's been quite a divisive patch so far. Some people think it's going to be good. Some people think it's going to be bad. Hard to say without playing it. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, personally, I feel like let's just see how it works. That's it. I just really can't bet on what will the meta be. Will that patch be good or bad? We it's it's really a big change, and we have to see how it works. 
Yeah, that's kind of my feeling as well. I'm also like uh, currently a part of the so-called Balance Gulag. And we were discussing, of course, uh, these changes and pretty much everyone there is just like, let's see how it works out and then give out feedback. So there's not really a... There must be some people on the Balance Gulag who think it's good and some people who think it's going to be bad i mean you guys will be making predictions well there are bad and there are good changes to it it's it's not like uh and there is like no absolutely stupid stuff like limiting uh, lasers ghost hit to four stuff like that so it's nerfs so yeah let's just give it a shot for now hopefully we can make some reactive changes if something's not working speaking of reactive changes <laughs> about my list um yeah, I'll probably have to rework a lot of laser vomits in there. <laughs> I mean, judging by the public tests, uh, I would say that there won't be like drastic changes to it. Because, for example, two large pulse and six medium uh, Mario Deer 2C was completely fine. It still was able to deal to alphas. Uh, what I really liked that Ibn Jagor, for example, wasn't uh, able to do deal to alphas with 2 plus 6 build. It was just too hot. So, for example, um, it opens up a possibility for Timberwolves because for heavies now, two large pulses and four mediums will be the optimal laser vomit build. Stuff like that. The only issue I see is uh, heavy large lasers because, in my opinion, they just uh, murdered this weapon system. Two damage is a very huge nerf because, if you remember, uh, Inner Sphere large pulse lasers, the like only nerf they got was like one damage almost like two years ago at this point. And nobody uses them after that. Like, nobody. I think that the ER large laser was a pretty tempting choice already. Yes. What I do like that they also, uh, in conjunction with nerfing heavy large, they also nerfed ER large a little bit because it was just straight up better than normal large for inner sphere and the large pulse for clan. But now, we'll have, on clan side, we'll between like large pulse and ER large. Mm. So just to um, frame this conversation out a little bit, we should mention that um, for those that don't know, Denier Walker um, does publish um, what he calls his tier lists or mech lists. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and we'll make sure we've got a link to that in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the show notes down there so you guys can have a look. Did you want to just outline a little bit quickly for if anyone doesn't know perhaps what your uh, mech lists are? Yeah, uh, just very brief. So it's basically a list of uh, meta stuff you can run in this game. So it's like structured uh, in terms of usefulness. I also have like hero mech lists in case you're looking to buy some heroes. Faction play if somebody don't know how to make decks in faction play. So it's just like a helpful tool to for like new newer players to use actually i have uh, a short fun story about it nice uh yeah basically how it was made uh when like almost one year ago at this point when i was just a student was unemployed pretty much i had quite some free stuff i was spending it uh, playing the uh, career and, and stuff I was just like sitting. I don't want to make videos because it's uh, really time consuming and time lazy. <laughs> I don't want to make a website because it's also quite uh, resourceful for me. <laughs> and then I just like opened up Google Doc, uh, just made a 
table and started filling it up with stuff and I actually liked how it ended up. Hey, nice. Yeah, I just was like sitting, I have nothing to do, what should I do? Oh, yeah, let, let's just make a freaking table with Max. Yeah, <laughs> good idea. So, I mean, if, if any of you remember Metamix, it's, I guess you could kind of equate it a little yeah. bit to what Metamix was like, um, that it has, you know, a list of what what you consider the best. And it also, unlike Metamix, has um, skill trees because that was kind of around the time when Metamix stopped updating was when skill trees came out. It has build codes, so you can just literally copy the build straight out of um, Den's uh, spreadsheet into the game now, which is such a great addition to the game. Yeah, it's like probably the best thing PGA done in two years or something, this game. I mean, someone says to me, oh, what's your something build? I'm, oh, I'll send it to you. And then they can open it up, try it out without buying it first. Oh, it's great. I love that. I really wish PGA made much more such quality of life changes to the game, like that one. It's changes like that that make me, you know, give me the confidence that PGA really does want this game to be successful. I mean, I occasionally hear people say, oh, they want the game to die or, you know, these kind of conspiracy theories. In my opinion, let's, I, I just gonna wait until they release Macquarie 5 and then if they won't keep working on MW after that, I'll probably leave it at some point. I think that making quality of life changes in at this point in MechWarrior surely must mean that they want it to, you know, they wouldn't be putting the amount of dev time it takes, development time it takes to add, say, importing builds and all that kind of stuff. They wouldn't be putting that work into the game if they didn't think that it would, you know, pay off for a couple of years at least. Oh, yeah. Well, let's just see again how it all plays out in the future because they can switch, like, try to switch engines at the end. They can just start working on uh, Macquarie Online 2 if the Macquarie 5 will be a huge success. I actually really want uh, for Macquarie 5 to be successful so they could hire proper personnel and uh, make the <laughs> game better. So coming back to your um, your spreadsheet for a second, you mentioned sort of how the spreadsheet got made. What do you see as being the, how to put this, what do you see as being like the the purpose of your spreadsheet? Why do, why do you make the spreadsheet? Well, as I said, I really would like to for people in this game to improve, um, to start using proper builds at least at the beginning because it's like the main thing that I see in this game which is wrong when people are using like absolutely ab abominations of a max in the quick play, faction play. Uh, so I was like, meta mech is dead, we need something instead of it. So I guess I should make something, but I didn't know what it should be at the beginning, but then I just opened the Google Doc and start working on it. Right, so it's almost like a public service. Yep, pretty much. Mm. I mean, it's not really that time-consuming after you figured out how it should look like. You just like uh, add uh, lines, fill them up, or move them after they're done, If in case something changes in terms of uh, balance. Mm -hmm. And is it all you, or do people you know, send you feedback saying, oh, this is in the wrong place. It's, yeah, mostly it's just me. I uh, end up with putting up, adding builds, uh, deleting, editing them. But then I usually, if it's a big change, I go to the people 
uh, I know, ask them on their opinion, and they just say like, uh, this, 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 this is not on the places, it should be higher, it should be lower. Then I just like gather it up, adjust a little bit, and usually that's pretty much it for the list. <laughs> I know you've already said that you're going to have to play to really see what it's going to be like, but surely you must have at least some ideas, some predictions of how this list is going to change. You, you mentioned laser vomit. You think that that's going to be less powerful after this change? Not really, because it's going to have higher DPS, actually. Mm. It's got, as I said, this change uh, overall is a nerf to boost fire, but increase of DPS for almost every single mech. And why I really like this change is because it's allowed for some really fun stuff. Personally, I'm very looking forward for something like um, du dual PPC jump jet linebacker. <laughs> that's my prediction as well, that it's less burst, more overall DPS. And that's kind of what we saw on the PTS, right? If, you, if any of you listeners played the PTS, you see like something like a Hellbringer can maybe not alpha as many times in a row, but it can alpha more frequently in the long term over the course of a whole game. So and Navit was doing some uh, graphics, if you've seen them. And uh, usually most of the mechs uh, were getting higher damage over time, over like uh, 30, 40 seconds. But until then, they usually had lower damage. So this pretty much sums up the changes. So it will be lower damage until X point in the time. and uh, But after that X, it will be higher. And where does that leave lights, for example? Um, pretty much at the same place because... Um, like at the first PTS, lights were like almost straight up dead due to very low heat cap and inability to dissipate heat properly. But now it should be fine. I, I, I mean, the meta won't change drastically. Again, we have to see how it will work out. But one thing I can say for sure that uh, Brawling will still be dead for the most part. <laughs> because we need buffs to Brawling weapons like small lasers, SRMs, uh, ACLBX 20s. UAC 20s. Speaking of UAC 20s, I'm really looking for that uh, hunchback. <laughs> yeah, so th this patch we're going to have uh, the introduction of a new kind of quirk, which is like, um, what's the word? Ghost hit increase. Uh, ghost hit cap increase. Actually, it's a really interesting change, and I'm actually surprised PGI implemented it because it will allow for some mechs to have gimmicks like the York 20 hatchback and it's one of the things that were really missing in this game yeah i agree it's really exciting having the you know some of the other ones there are the awesome able to shoot um three ppcs i'm also very looking for them to add like no ghost hit for dual ac20 king crap for example yeah i mean it's kind of you know it's that's what the king crab should have in its claws right ac20s Mm -hmm. So yeah, like it's a really good, great change. I wish they would just uh, straight up return the Gauss PPC back, but uh, I do like that they're trying testing it out firstly on like uh, underdog chassis like awesome at Nightstar. Mm. I've, I've probably got to be running freaking for <laughs> here for PPC or awesome 8Q. 
even with ghost hit it should be fine because it's like 40 pinpoint you can have like traditional medium pulses on it I already made up the build and i'm waiting to try it out of straight after patch comes out yeah oh uh well we're still around my list uh one thing i since it's like mostly finished now and i don't see really much stuff i could add to it after i will like uh do some changes according to uh, patch. Uh, I'm probably gonna start, and since I don't have to play like comp almost since uh, World Championship is over and BFM is like uh, five games in the weekends, I probably will start streaming and W. And I was th- again, I was thinking about what could I add to my list. For first, I wanted to make like guides and add links to them, but then I figured out that it will be a little bit time consuming for me again. So uh, I guess I'll just be streaming and adding bots of uh, certain games and builds to the list itself. That's a good idea. So next to the build code, you'll have a, a link to a video where you can see you playing that build. Yeah, that's pretty much going to be it. Nice. I like the sound of that. Make sure you link us in when you start doing that because we'll be watching. Yeah, as I said, the first thing I still need to... Clear it up, add the remaining descriptions, fill up the tier 5 of my list, I guess. <laughs> and then I'll start uh, streaming, adding uh, videos to it. Nice. I mean, in your in your make list, uh, I mean, they, they as well as having solo queue stuff, they've got faction play. Like you said, they've got heroes. And you said it would be a bit of work to, you know, convert this into, a, I suppose, a website. What if somebody else was willing to do that work for you? I would be very glad, but it's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if anyone listening to this podcast is, uh, thinks that's an interesting idea, then reach out and get in touch with Denny Walker. Cause, um... Actually, yeah, guys, if you have any sort of feedback, you can just like find me on, on a lot of discords related to MW, or you can find me on Reddit. You can just PM me your feedback, uh, your thoughts on the list. Uh, always almost always online and read uh, my messages so yeah one thing we haven't talked about how these changes will affect comp play i guess yep again i can't really say a lot of predictions but i'm pretty sure that uh, brawling and uh, will be staying dead and laser vomit and uh, daka will still be the most meta stuff in the comp because of how bad SRMs, small lasers, and uh, AC20s are right now in the game. They really need buffs. Yeah. And you're talking, let's be clear, you're talking about in Devay, right? Yeah, I guess because uh, in lower divisions, it just depends on which team has a little bit more skill over other and uh, who made less mistakes. And uh, another thing coming in the patch this week as well is um, the champion mech. And I think, I mean, my read of the uh, community reaction to the to the champion is that um, is not that excited about it. Unfortunately, yeah, it doesn't add anything new to the game for the most part. Like the only two two things I was able to came up with is like one Gauss and five and six medium lasers built. That's pretty much it. There's one there that has four ballistic side torso. Well, yeah, you can like put four AC2s on it and it will be okay build, but it will still most likely be inferior to Dragon due to armor quirks of the Dragon. Mm. So what kind of quirks do you think that it would take to make a mech like the Champion? 
competitive or strong? It's a good question. To be fair, in my opinion, almost uh, none because it's just another like one ballistic, some lasers and some missiles mech, I guess. Mm. Nothing too special. Mm. I guess it like had two ballistics uh, in different locations. It might have a little bit more variety. But for now, I don't know. It, it doesn't even have jumps aside from here and here is going to be inferior to mechs like IV4 for the most part. At least it has agility, I guess. It, it actually has a little bit higher agility than uh, quick draws and dragons, but not by much, but just like by a tiny bit. We sort of talked about a little bit on the podcasts that PGI seem, especially recently, to be quite reluctant to put strong quirks on the mechs when they first come out. Like a lot of the mechs that we've seen this year have had pretty moderate quirks. Yeah, guys, let, let's release Tanatas with structure quirks, horrible agility, and then like after half a year after its release, let's just give him like a little bit armor quirks and some agility, <laughs> finally. Wow. <laughs> just why you... Why, I'm just surprised. The mech is absolute shit. Why you can't just buff it right away? Why, why don't they buff it straight away? Do you really need to gather half a year of feedback on how shit this mech is to buff it after that? That's what like, is most triggering about PGA balancing, to be fair. Takes too long. Yes. And it's like not 200 IQ decisions that you need. it needs armor quirks and some agility, you know. Uh, fortunately, we'll have some uh, interesting mechs coming out. I'm especially looking for Vapor Eagle right now. Yeah. I don't see how that could not be strong. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it will be a clan f battle mech 50 turner with quite a lot of options, even from the standard pack. Plus, it will be able to run like uh, DACA PPC, it will be better PPC boat than uh, Hatchback 2C. It will have some Gauss Vomit builds, even. Uh, and uh, there will be options with like missiles and lasers on it also. This is like kind of mech you want to add to the game right now. But then we see like... Uh... So it's a 55-tonner, so finally clans are getting a competitive 55-tonner. I mean, if Stormcrow had better agility, it would be also be competitive. But it won't have jump jets. <laughs> so yeah, we just like... Uh, after the flare, Hellfire is meh because it has, again, nothing too special. Vulcan is a freaking cicada with jump jets. In Kubus, it's uh, Battleback Arctic Wolf, I guess. Champion is just another boring max. Uh, then uh, finally, uh, something interesting Vapor Eagle. Uh, the next one is Charger and Hatamota. I don't even want to talk about them. <laughs> and then? And then the one Hammer, yeah. Just like, I probably, when it, when it will come out for Sibyls, I probably will just get like one Laser Vomit variant and uh, probably buy a hero. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. It's 85, right? Yes, it's 80, it's 80. 80, okay. Mm. I mean, yeah, we're getting like finally proper clan 80 toner, but then again, uh, there are way more interesting chances PJ could add to this game. There is still a like huge ton of uh, interesting and fun stuff, which is still not in the game, but which can be added. Yeah, you got some examples of that? Uh, my like most go-to mech in these terms is uh, Black Python. It's like clan 75 ton battle mech with a lot of lasers. 
Um, and the second best example is, of course, the freaking main, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a Clan 100 toner bottle. Uh, it, it comes stock, one variant is 10 UAC 2 and for machine guns. <laughs> and the other one is <laughs> 8 LRM 15s. Hmm. That doesn't sound game breaking at all. <laughs> I actually really doubt PJ will ever release this thing in the game, but it will be hilarious to pilot if they actually do. I'd love it if they could somehow put stuff like that in the game, but not in the main game. Like they could do it as a fun thing that you could just try it, like a special event or something like that. That would be cool. And I mean, I guess that's a good example of, um, you know, we talked about um, sort of PGI putting these uh, fairly moderate quirks on new mechs. And it's, we've speculated on the podcast that they might be scared of um, people saying that it's pay to win or that sort of thing, or that they put a beast into the game, like the, they put the Kodiak in the game and then, you know, it was really hard to uh, close Pandora's box. I don't see problems with that because something different to you that you can actually play in this game reliably. I mean, if you're like a casual player, I guess it doesn't matter. My who played a lot in this game already, you're desperate for new interesting stuff you can actually play. I mean, yeah, sure, I can buy uh, freaking Incubus and run around on it, but I won't be having any sort of fun on this mech because I already played Piranhas, I already played uh, Clone Laser Vomit Lights, so this mech is absolutely nothing for me personally. There's 700-something mechs in the game, and another thing we've talked about before is that they sort of all, you'd hope that a lot of, the, as many as possible, have some sort of reason for being there. Yes, of course. I mean, if you look at my list, the lowest tier four is just filled with like huge ton of material unplayable right now, and that's like actually quite a problem. There, it's uh, how it's called. It's white as an ocean, but it's uh, narrow like a pond or something like that. Mm. Shallow. Yeah, just like, but you, you get the phrase I needed. I, I mentioned. You got the boiler, boiler in tier four. I've got some. I got some friends who really love that mech. I mean, it's just uh, yeah. The whole point about it is that it's mainly my personal opinion on the mechs and the meta in the game, because for some people the mechs from tier four can be tier zero. But come on. Yeah, I guess it depends on what you're what you're ranking it by. What is your metric? The thing is that in quick play, everything like now works. You can take absolutely dumb shit. For example, I was playing with Ash on his stream and he was doing like a mech death stream where you have to take uh, three weapon groups mech. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we like were sing single dropping. And what I took was uh, stock Bloodasp B. It has ECM Gauss rifle for medium pulses to around 20 with Artemis. Uh, from Quirks, it has only like 15% ballistic cooldown, which for like one Gauss isn't really that much. And I did seven kills on the 1.3 thousand <laughs> damage on it. <laughs> and your bracket build. Nice. Yes. 
that, that's what I mean. Yeah, sure, I guess I could after that put Badass Pin Tier Zero. But <laughs> you know that just against like any build from Tier Zero, it wouldn't stand a chance. And that's like why my main metric that if you you can like pilot absolutely anything is in this game as long as it works for you. But if you want to be actually effective against like not completely potato enemies, then you have to really run good builds in this game. I think I think that's you know any conversation about the power level of 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 a mech in this game. If you ever go on Reddit and talk to someone about it or or something like that, you'll always hear that, that argument, well, you know, I had this game and it went really good. Look, here's a screenshot. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, as the, the best point right now that they finally started giving us back our gimmick builds that actually playable. I already can't wait for, like, a full uh, freaking hunchback wall at the defense of some faction play. <laughs> the 80 point alphas I already Boom. can say you for, for sure that Juju most likely will be running stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> oh god is it going to be us on the other side I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh that's that's a really horrible idea I just definitely have to try it <laughs> it's going to be dumb but very fun build to play and even viable to some extent because you can actually get um over 1k potential damage with like 11 heatsinks and XL200 and one jump jet. And now you're not penalized for using an XL200. You're not gonna be penalized. You're not gonna have issues with agility with such a low engine. So yeah, why not? That's an interesting one actually that I've been thinking about a little bit is the changes to the um you know the uh, true dubs and all that kind of stuff with the in engine heatsinks. I'm wondering, like, if it'll make, for example, you know, a LFE 150 Annihilator, like, viable, or something like that, you know, where you could just be put in a ridiculously low engine into something. Uh, you know, the most packs are still very slow and don't really compensate for that slowness with firepower. Mm. But, yeah, it's still a nice change, I guess. Yeah, as I said, it's, like, finally some proper changes we see to the game being mm -hmm. done. Yeah, the one thing that I'm not I'm not sure is that clear clear yet either is because the PPCs and the course are in a linked group with a you know in the Night Star you can do two Gorse and one PPC or whether you can only because the the quirk specifically states that it's extra PPC shot that you can do. So whether you have to do two PPC one Gorse. Uh, very unlikely, actually. But we'll see. Yeah, they did exactly how this quicker will work. Uh, but it's pretty obvious that like three RPPC, three PPC, and two Gauss, one PPC, and two UAC twenty will not ghost hit. But will like heavy PPC ghost hit? Most unlikely. Yeah, most likely, it will ghost hit. Yeah, that was my other question as well. Is on the awesome because currently my awesome is. Um, two heavy PPCs, five medium pulse. I also was running it for a while. But um, yeah, would you be able to just up it to three heavy PPCs, maybe game-breaking? So I already actually, as I told you in the podcast, I already tried out the quad PPC, uh, awesome. Thing is that 
even with current hit on like, I was testing it on Frozen City, and with even with current ghost hits, uh, when you alpha for PPCs from that thing, it goes only like to sixty five percent. There's still Innisfear PPCs though. Uh, I mean, it's inner sphere PPCs, but it's 40 pinpoint damage, actually. So it's not that bad. So it's almost more interesting to think about how you could break the ghost hit limit with these things then. I mean, you're not breaking it with like uh, four PPCs. Uh, uh, it's just um, it's, it's just an option right now, finally. Mm. Because mm. You, you could run like two heavy PPCs and some medium pulses, but it wasn't really that great. Is it just standard PPCs? Not here. For the for the quirk, I mean. Unfortunately, most likely it will be so. Mm. And it, and perhaps it should be. I mean, there, there should be a reason for PPCs to be in the game. And that the awesome could be the reason. Mm. I guess PPCs still need buffs. They're too weak. So, yeah. I just noticed that um, shooting four PPCs, you, each PPC generates almost twice as as much heat as with uh, normally, so it seems that uh, with four PPCs, most likely it will be something around fifty four heat, and now it's seventy. So my bet it will be able to alpha two times for sure, and on cold maps after a short delay you would be able to alpha third time almost uh, instantly, like after like one or two seconds of wait time. Ah no 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 actually with I, I just forgot about the the heating changes, so it most likely will be yeah, it will be most likely just twelve. But but it's still eighty damage, you know. I got a question that I like to ask people, and which is, what's what's your favorite mech? Oh, that's actually a hard question because I had a lot of favorite mechs over course of MW. And as you just play this game more and more, you just enjoy start enjoying uh, a lot of different stuff. What make would have your would have your name on it? Yeah, probably Niger. Uh, when the Ghost PPC was the thing, it was my most favorite and enjoyable mech in this game. Uh, for now, I play just a lot of different stuff like uh, Fafnir, Daka Cat. Some mediums, some lights like Piranha Wolfhound. Uh, I, I really just for now can't say what my favorite mech is. I, I just, there, there is just like some stuff that I enjoy playing it, but it's all different. And actually, the most favorite mech probably for me right now is uh, Fafnir because I have uh, right now 22 oh. to 1 win rate on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Is that with Heavy Goose? Yeah, Heavy Goose, 5 mediums, ECM, because. Um, the thing I enjoy about this one that you, if you're t- if you know that you can follow your team, you just follow it and MCT and win the games. But if your team NASCARs away from you, you can just stand back, let the enemies pass by, and then just go and kill like three or four mechs in the backs. And when it happens, it's just really hilarious. Yeah, ACM is pretty strong and quick play. It has to be said. And if like there is some dumb light going after you while well, you have heavy ghosts, <laughs> come on. And you're Daniel Walker. That's an important part of the equation. I mean, I, I used to be so much better in this game. I just so bad right now compared to what I used to be because I don't play it. Oh, sweet, man. Uh, thanks for talking to us today. It's been really pleasurable. And um, we'll, we'll make sure that we um, get those links in the description. 
uh, and um, yeah, hopefully bump into you again and look forward to seeing your um, your revised tier list following this week's patch and um, those VODs. Once you start doing those, definitely send us some links to that, man, and we'll, we'll, we'll be watching. Yep, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, mate. If you did enjoy this content, then your support would be greatly appreciated, and you can support us in a multitude of ways. You can go to Patreon, Incoming Missile Podcast, and support us there. We have uh, three different tiers of support, or of course you can uh, donate one-off amounts, and any in-game content uh, that you could donate to us would also be greatly appreciated. We very much want to hear your feedback, so be sure to reach out to us on our multitude of channels. You can follow us on Twitter at IncomingP. You can reach us via email at Incoming Missile Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and please subscribe to us on YouTube. That's Incoming Missile Podcast. So, just a quick reminder to check out the Meek Register. You can find the link to that Google form at our Twitter account. And just remember, you can fill that form out up to eight times. Each time you do fill it out is another entry to win. So, do get in there, tell us what you think about the mechs that we are featuring, uh, and allow us to collate that information into something useful. Uh, and you may just get a mech pack out of it. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you next time shutdown sequence initiated